the Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them. So welcome to the Instructor Podcast Green Room Edition. I am joined by regular, I'm going to refer to as a co-host and also a ship magnet, Chris Benstead. How are you? This is the best one yet. Uh, yeah, no, all was good. All was good. Enjoying the, the the surprisingly nice weather before we get stung with whatever the back end of the year is going to throw at us just to give us a kick in the nuts. Yeah, I mean, firstly, as I look out my window behind the computer, it's pissing it down. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Um, but secondly, I'm going to throw a slight bit of context on the introduction in the beforehand where we're saying <laughs> that whenever you join me on the green room, there's... Uh, shit goes down basically through the week, and we've had a an interesting week um, for for driving instructors. We've we've still got all the rumblings of uh, the the standards checks and the way that's been changed. We've still got all the backlogs. We've still got all the the nightmare horror stories we're hearing from intensive courses. We've still got all this test thing around um, theory test cancellation apps. We, we've still got this whole rigmarole. But we've even got a few more things to add on. So three big things that we're going to touch on, probably a whole lot more today, is the um, the, the driving test stats that have come out, which I think are quite interesting. We've also got a fuel shortage, and we've got the strike action. Shall we start with the strike action, Chris? Yeah, it's, it's the, definitely the... You know, on a day when everyone was talking about fuel and you thought, yeah, this is going to be tonight's Facebook, you know, scrolling through endless posts of people saying, I'm on empty, what do I do? Um, and other people saying, don't be stupid, there's not a fuel shortage. If you've not got any at the pump that you're at, there's a shortage. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> We've got fuel. It's all in the wrong place. Um, and they're not getting it to where we need it. I'm going to call that a shortage. Um, I, I think unnecessary panic, definitely. Uh, and, and then and then we we get smacked with. Tell you what, we do. We'll have some strike action. Um, yeah. So was it ninety two percent? I think. Um, yeah. I remembered all the other numbers except that one that I'll start with. Um, 92% of the people that voted, voted, um, it was an overwhelming vote to strike. And this is all because of the uh, working directive that they're trying to squeeze more work out of the working day. They're tweaking things here and there, trimming bits off. It's a bit like when... Um, they keep your wagon, you know, make your wagon wheel a little bit smaller and keep the price the same. Yeah. Um, that's basically what it is. Are you going to be content with a smaller wagon wheel from the DPSA? And I think there's a real danger that as self-employed individuals, we look at it and we go, well, we work 24-7. You know, if we get home and there's accounts need to be done or there's people need to be phoned, we do it and we don't get paid for that. Um, that, yeah, that's the life we live. That's the job we do. That's not an employed role for some people, not all of them, except there's some that do whatever they got to do to get the job done. But they're normally re- remunerated for it. Um, is that the right word? Um, they're normally paid for it. <laughs> and um, the examiners aren't brilliantly paid. It's all right. It's It's not badly paid. But 
I, I'd fully support them having a bit more money and, and then us getting, you know, that standard of examiner coming in, which is the one that you want. So you don't end up at a test centre thinking, I'm all right if I get one of the three, but not the other one, um, because they'll huff and puff in the car or they don't respond well to certain bits of driving, you know, that the others would have. We, we, we want that stability. So, yeah, I, I think I'm on their side. Um, but, yeah, two strike days, the 11th and the 12th of October. Um, they are asking examiners and uh, test centre managers, which I've noticed they've just recently started referring to them separately. Um, I, I was interested in why. But uh, they, they've asked them not to work on those two days. One thing I want to touch on there that I think is massively relevant is a number you didn't mention, and I hope I've got this right. There's an eighty percent turnout in the voting um, when the, which I just think is huge because we've spoken countless times, uh, not just me and you, but me and other guests as well about when, uh, you know, when we were uh, the the DVSA when they were talking about scrapping trailer tests, and they they asked for a response around that, and the, it was minimal. It was minimal. There wasn't a huge response. You know, there's 36,000 ADIs and something like 2,000 people responded in total, something like that, wasn't it? Well, yeah. they've actually, whether we agree or disagree with the examiners, not, and I'm sure we'll come to that in a minute, but whether you agree or disagree, 80% have turned out to vote and 92% of that, those have agreed, have said that they should strike. And I think that's uh, that's that's um, a collective that has got their act together, that knows what they want, and is getting what they want. Yeah, is it, I think that's a really good point. And just to put that in context, the previous vote, and I can't remember what it was on, but I remember there was a big hoo-ha about the fact that only about 50% of people have voted in the first place. So it was, you know, the, the, the vote for the action was from only 50% of that, of that collective number in the first place. This isn't. This is 80%. Um, and you know, I, I think that figure is probably amongst the highest that I've heard of from from following that three. And I'm 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 not massively political. Um, I like knowing what's going on. It's not in my circle of influence. So you know, just I just look and listen. But yeah, I, I I think that says something, doesn't it? Um, if only we could <laughs> the same kind of strength behind instructors. But ten instructors in a room is eleven opinions, so maybe that's an impossible thing to do. I, I understand your point there as well about being outside your circle of influence, but it does directly affect us. Um, you know, I know it's only two days, but it's you know. And I remember the last strike, which was a couple of years ago, and I didn't notice it at all. You know, the, the tests I had um, weren't affected. I didn't. The test centers I had didn't seem to be affected, and. I think that because of the number of people that uh, are voted for this, I think there'll be a large number of examiners that that, that strike on this occasion. I think it will have a big impact. Um, so I think it's right that we have an opinion. Um, I've read a lot recently about unqualified opinions. And I, there's, to me, there's nothing wrong with an unqualified opinion. There isn't. 
it may not be as valid as someone else's in that sense, or it may not have, maybe valid is the wrong word, but may not have as much information or as importance as someone else's, but it's still valid. So I, I oh, oh, I was about to ask a question, but I've seen an expression. I'm going to let you come in. How, how do you feel when your pupil is getting advice and guidance from the unqualified opinion of parents friends that then affects driving or driving tests even how, how do how do you feel about that because isn't that similar you it is but you've caveated the question slightly and i suppose almost nuanced in how it then affects driving i have no problem at all with students so student a gets advice from mum and dad i have no problem at all than being advised from mum and dad what the student needs to do is then filter that through a more qualified source, i.e. me. And I think that's where I am on opinions. You know, everyone's entitled to it and everyone's entitled to deliver that opinion as long as they're willing to accept, actually, yes, you know more than me on this. I think I'm going to bow down to your, not bow down, but bow down to your superior knowledge. Um, but I, I, used to, I used to work on the building site. So I spent like seven, eight, maybe even 10 years as a, a carpenter. And I used to ask my customers for advice sometimes. You know, they will come in and they'll, they'll want me to I'll fit this particular door, but they want it changing around and they want to handle different places. Okay, how would you do it? And or I would ask them for feedback on my work, even though the work is done, I would ask them. And my opinion was 10 times more qualified than theirs, but I would sometimes get the blinkers of the, the carpenter blinkers on. You know, it's like, I know better than you, don't you? You know, so, but by asking them, nine times out of 10, they'll talk nonsense or they won't know. But now and again, they'll just give me a little bit. And I, that's a really good idea because they're looking at it from a different angle. So I do think on qualified opinions. So, you know, whether it's someone's parent that comes in and, and you know, nine percent of the time they'll talk nonsense. But now and again, it'll be, oh, yeah. I like that. That makes sense. Let's try that. So I do think it's worthwhile, which in a really long-winded way, it's back around to the original question I was going to ask, which was, what's your opinion on, on whether the examiner should or shouldn't be striking? I, I respect their right to. Uh, I'll start with that. Um, I think it's really important when we're talking about this as instructors, we divide up the examiners and the DBSA. Generally, we talk about the DVSA, um, and that includes examiners. And and actually, this is a, is is a, a fragmenting of that agency to you know the the DVSA, the body, and then the people working for it, um, the human human beings. I do air quotes because it's a podcast. Um, no, the, the the people working for it, and I think that we have to remember that and I totally respect their rights to. I think it's really difficult when you're not the one doing the job to, to judge it because it, the, the responses that I've, I've received to posts that I've put out are, you know, well, at the moment, most of the tests aren't completing anyway. So you're not really doing however many tests a day to then squeeze in another one. So, you know, it's not really that much more work. It could be. Just because a test fails doesn't mean it actually takes less time to complete. Um, that you know, it, it's well, they just want more money. Well, 
I don't tend to say, I'll tell you what, every day I'm going to go and do a free lesson uh, because there's more people asking for lessons. So I won't charge for the extra one that I'm going to go and do. Um, it just doesn't quite add up. And I think the there's a little bit of a thorn from the fact that the examiners were furloughed and didn't suffer in the way that instructors did uh, through the whole COVID experience uh, so far. Um, and I, th I think that, you know, there's elements of that coming through. And I always try to acknowledge when there's a bit of jealousy in there. Yeah. Um, and, and I think not necessarily now about the striking, but about the people being furloughed. It was a choice that I made to become self-employed. I, I knew the ins and outs of it. Wasn't quite planning for that to happen. Um, but it did. And, and we made our choices through it. Um, and, and it's still ongoing. So, yeah, I, I support it. I recognise it. And I don't think I quite understand what it would mean to them. Um, and bottom line is people should be paid for the work that they do. Instructors should be paid a decent wage for the work that they do. Um, I don't think it's going to have a massive impact. Uh, and this was the, the, the information that the DITC put out earlier today was what can you do to preempt the strike action so that, fine, you've got to go to the test centre, you've got to go and find out that you're not going to go out to test because they won't tell you in advance, it destroys the point of strike action. So you turn up, if the pupils prepped for that, they're going to respond much more positively. Yeah. If you respond positively, don't make it us and them. You know, explain why and, and say, it's just one of these things and this is what we're going to do. And be ready to then make the best of that time and give them a, you know, full bells and whistles mock test. If you've got local colleagues that you can work with, switch check your insurance. I was caveat that one, but if you're going to switch cars, check your insurance. Um, but see if you can do that with people who are going to be at the test centre. You know, we, we all know each other generally. And then they can get that full experience and make the best of what you've got. We, you know, we, we joke about being the, the king and prince of sprit of spin um, or reframing. Um, we, we won't debate who's who, but the um you know let's reframe it Let, let's make that day a positive experience they've had the build-up they've thought that they were going to go to test how are they feeling about it and then go through that exercise and then more than anything you make sure you get paid um doing it that way because they are getting something you are getting something it minimizes the impact of that strike action and the strike action still has the results that it was that it's there to have whatever they might be, because I think that DBSA is stuck between a rock and a hard place on it. What happens next? Yeah. I mean, I, I think I largely concur with what you said there. I'm sure people will be surprised to hear that. Um, but I, I love the post you put out. That was sort of quite a quick response, you know, with the suggestions on how to make the most of it and how to reframe it. And I think that's key. I think the biggest, even if we only took one note of what you've said there, it's communicate with your students. If they've got a test on that day, contact them tonight, tell them tonight that 
you know, this may be a problem and then have a proper chat with them and explain the, the situation. Um, I also think I want just want to mention again the point you made about uh, almost a hint of jealousy. We're already seeing uh, instructors on the the post, you know, bad mouthing the, the the examiners and oh well they haven't had to put up with what we've had to put up. It's like there's always someone worse off for you. Always, there can only be one person worse off in the world. Everyone else has to be better off than them. So there's always someone worse off than you. And we can't just compare. It's not like for like, it's not apples to apples. It's apples to oranges. So I think it's really important that that we, we let them do what they believe is right for them. You know, it's what we do for us. You know, there are, and we're a fractured industry right now. You know, we are. The relationship between ourselves and the DVSA is, I don't, again, I haven't been doing this job decades. But from my experience and from the people I speak to, the, the relationship's never been worse, you know. And even between, you know, instructors and NASP or instructors and uh, the associations, a lot of that's fractured. You know, people are saying they should be doing more and other people are saying, well, what could they do? You know, there's, there's a fractured thing there. And I think that, again, I'm just going back to those statistics because I think it's it's massive. An 80% turnout results in 92% decision no one can complain there you know even the eight percent that voted against it can't complain because they're overwhelmingly you know beaten it's not like a 52 percent to 48 percent referendum i don't know where we've come across one of those before that you know it's not something that's borderline that you know could potentially result in a fuel shortage it's it's a it's a decision it's a democracy that's that's actually been worked well so for me, I again, I, I would probably, I, I think I'm alongside you. I respect their decision to strike. I respect their decision to to do this. Um, I'm also kind of pleased they have in that way because because of the result. If it had been a 52-48, I would have been well. You know, you now you're striking on 52 percent. You know, but because of the result, there's a bit of me that that's almost like, yeah, go and get what you want and what you probably deserve. But that's that's just me. Just on on the on the, the, the that jealousy factor, that is something I I hadn't processed today, but I thought about previously from people mentioning it about we can't have a union and strike action. Not uh, over the the B plus E. It was you know maybe we need a, you know some kind of union and we, we can't have that in its traditional sense. Because who's going to care? <laughs> you know, um, I, I jokingly said we could go and shut down the M25, like uh, you know the the, the, the protesters have been doing. But you, if you're doing B plus E, you can only set de- shut down lanes one and two because you're not. <laughs> three. And um, you know, we we haven't got that that particular power in that form because we're only going to hurt ourselves. Um, or our pupils, and we're not we're not going to receive anything from that. It, it's just not going to work. But maybe there are other. Maybe we need to look at that in a different way, and, and we need to say that there are ways that we can stand strong together. Um, the big one for me, looking at those numbers, um, as you said, was the response to the consultations. We should be aiming to get eighty percent response rates from instructors and a lot of those instructors that were saying about b plus e um are after the fact 
hadn't responded. So when we look at that and those figures and, and yeah, we, we should, I, I think we should be jealous because they've got that. They've got people that will unite together and stand convicted together. Maybe that's what we need. I would agree. Um, if only there was a collective we could all sign up to. But but no, I mean, I'm I'm not particularly critical of the NGC or the uh, DIA or whoever else it is. But I, I and I've, I've got Lynn uh, Barry coming on the show soon, so I will speak to her about this because I've been thinking a lot about NASP recently. And I know that that's almost a spearhead of the associations. It's not an association. But I never hear anything from NASP. And I think that's key because if they are the spearhead, if they are the 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 vocal point to the DVSA, the communicating tool to the DVSA, well, that should be a there should be more communication coming from there, not just from the individual associations. And again, I, I you know I don't want to take it too much down that road, but um, I think that would be helpful. And, and no, it is, it's a criticism that I've made in the past that they don't speak as NASP. They speak through those, you know, those echo chambers that are the the associations. Um, and I don't understand why. I, 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 they've got a website. If you've got a website, you can have a mailing list. That's easy. But it's it goes out to our members. What about the people that are not members of those associations? If you are the voice box of the dvsa then yeah so a hundred percent um in their defense i'm gonna sit on that spiky fence um in their defense if we haven't got an industry platform for people to look at and go to and communicate on then it's really difficult for them to do that because you know again b plus e consultation um so many people didn't know it was happening. But the associations and the DITC um, and various other bodies, big bodies, um, were shouting about it and saying that, you know, there's this and you need to go and do it. And they didn't know. And these are people that are connected. They're not the instructors that aren't connected. They are names that, um, and, and I won't because I, feel, I won't name them because I feel that it's picking on them for not having acted they didn't realise or didn't know because it wasn't in their core of stuff because it was B plus E. And actually the knock-on effect of that. And the, the one that we were involved with previously to that, which is part of where the DITC launched from the concept, was uh, one of the big under-17 training providers who wanted the phrase young driver and claim to claim it and wanted to shut anyone else out from using it uh, and it was actually Ian and myself that that rallied the troops to say we've got to fight this otherwise you can't say I teach young drivers on your website that was where it was going to end up which is ludicrous and they shouldn't be allowed it but if you don't fight it they they win yeah and that lack of a platform that's that's what the DITC is all about, um, is creating that platform. It is to bolster the likes of the ADINJC, MSA, DIA, NASP, AADI, 
or RD, depending on who you are. Um, you know, uh, DISC in Scotland, um, uh, the ADI Federation, all of those names that we should know because they are the industry, but they're not resting on anything. So if you went looking for them, you find them by luck and it shouldn't be like that. So I, I think they're doing a great job with what is out there, but they could do a better job by having a united voice rather than just a united group. Yeah. I think the only thing I'd potentially throw that way, and you know, maybe I'll, I'll make a recommendation somewhere, would be that you know, when you become an instructor, and I appreciate this maybe breach of some sort of data policy, I don't know, but when you become an instructor, maybe you are obliged to sign up to NASP. There's nothing to pay for, you know, in terms of that, but you're literally signing up for an email, a monthly newsletter, that's it. Is that not taking away from the fact, and, and this was a comment I made during lockdown, um, that it, it's another version of, if only we were all on a register, had our email address. It's an awesome idea. I uh, don't know why the DBSA haven't thought about it. Um, and, and, and I believe I am right. I, I, I will go on, you know, I will, I will say it, but if I'm wrong, I will apologise. I believe that there was a meeting in which the DVSA said we can't be expected to contact all driving instructors. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, at the point at which they needed to, there's this issue of going, well, we can't do that. Yeah, yeah, let's have a register. For me, that's a great reason for having it privately rather than whatever the DVSA has that way. Because yeah, if they're, if they're if the people that actually have our details, um, and yeah, they don't seem to have the same problem sending you a letter saying, "Please, can you have a standards check?" Um, <laughs> it's a valid point. <laughs> no one, no one doesn't get a well. You do at the minute potentially, but but no one doesn't get a standards check. So you know what you should be receiving. Uh, yeah, that, that's. We'll, we'll put a pin in that one there. I think the last question I want to ask about the striking thing, unless you've got anything else on this before we before we move away from, from this, would be I see a lot online at the minute, and I know I talk about being stuff being online a lot, but you know, it's, it's ease of access to a multitude of opinions. Um, but I see a lot online at the minute. As instructors, we should go on strike to, to combat the standards check and to combat the B&E and, you know, all this. As instructors, Chris, should we go on strike? No, because it's pointless. Why waste your energy doing something that is only going to harm you? I believe it's what my mother would call cutting off your nose to spite your face. Um, it's a phrase I grew up with. Um, but, but, yeah, I. what's the point? Let's do something positive that's going to get a positive outcome. And the de the examiners have proven, unions have proven that that works for their sector, the way that they work. So let's do something that will work. Um, I think being united is the first step in whatever we're going to do. I'll take that as a, everyone should join the DITC if they want to do <laughs> that. But equally... I will happily recommend that everybody is a member of an association, be it local or national, because I get why people are anti some of the 
um, you know, the, the NASP break, broken down associations, especially at the moment when it seems like they were absolutely blindsided over the standards check thing. So, you know, it's like we've got to prove that you're worth it to us. So there's a challenge for them. The challenge for us is to then go, while that's happening, we still need a way of communicating. So if, if, if you do, and I, I'm fully in support of the, the associations in general, um, any of them, be a member of something. Get in touch because you've only got yourself to blame if you're not. If we can get that unity, that's not agreement. We can totally disagree on stuff um, and still be united because we've got a common aim, which is to improve the lives of driving instructors, to imp improve road safety. So, you know, whatever that might be, there's lots of them. We can unite whether we agree or not. Um, and, you know, there's, there's some, some great instructors that I speak to who really piss me off. <laughs> they absolutely know how to push my buttons. But I talk to them because I value that because they keep me honest and keep my feet on the ground. Um, engage with that. Find that. And then maybe we can find our version of the industrial action or strike action or, you know, until we've got that unity, um, it would be like everyone just deciding to stand outside their own house, um, you know, on their own on a random day of the year. You're welcome to. You have every right to. Don't expect it to do anything. Um, yeah. Again, I think I concur. Um, before we uh, set the table for the show, then I do believe there was one thing you wanted to speak about regarding uh, safe driving for life. Yeah, I've, I've got a bit of an apology. Is is I'm, I'm going half a step. I'm not going the full way because I think it's got. There's a lot to be done. Um, but if anyone didn't listen to the uh, instructor podcast where we spoke about safe driving for life, uh, the website that was launched or relaunched by DVSA and TSO, um, I, I seem to remember I struggled to find anything positive about it. Um, so, you know, what's been lovely is that the DITC have been asked to be part of the continuous improvement group for the Safe uh, Driving for Life website. So working with the TSO and DVSA to, to move that forwards and you know, talk about that alongside um, the NASP associations. I don't know if it's and NASP, but you know, otherwise they get double billing that doesn't seem fair um but you know the the associations and the uh, motorcycle uh instructor association i believe as well um to have some input which is 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 great because we haven't been going that long um i know it seems like i've been around forever um and you know especially in the facebook world uh because i i, I gave birth to the first Facebook group for driving instructors and regretted it ever since. But um, the DITC is, is pretty new, so there's no reason that the DVSA should um, accredit us with any useful opinion. But they are recognising, outside of their usual channels, that we've got access to 10,000 driving instructors um, and that we've got an ear on the ground and that we speak to people a lot about 
things that are that are, who are not association members. And if you speak to the association heads who speak to their members, there's a large percentage that aren't being spoken to. So so that's been recognised. That's been really good. And having because of that revisited the site, I missed a load of stuff. Um, admittedly, it's it's the sort of commercial product side of things. So the the theory solutions and and things like that. But um, and and I've addressed the fact they're not selling very well, but they're not commercial, so you can't blame them for it. And by selling, I don't mean flogging it. I mean they're not displaying their wares. Um, the shop window basically asks you to get your pupils to sign up and pay money for something that you haven't seen, which is ludicrous. Um, if you want to do that, I'll pop my you know bank details in the show notes, and you can send me a couple hundred quid. That's uh, <laughs> fine. It, it just it, you wouldn't do it. Um, and if anyone wants to speak to Terry, we'll share it. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've pointed out to them that that's possibly an oversight. So they're looking at maybe being able to get instructors free access when they sign up so they can have a look through and have a go. So we can pass the message on to our pupils as to whether it's any good. Um, and they're looking at developing that side of it. For me, uh, for those that haven't heard, heard me, um, you know, chatting about it a lot um i now specialize in theory training uh, i'm not out on the road i'm i'm, I'm on zoom uh, living on zoom and they are willing to engage over the problems that people are facing with the theory test the wording the phrasing the fact that the questions don't make bloody sense um at all or that there's two answers that are both correct or more sometimes you're on a country road. What would you expect to come towards you? A tractor, a pedestrian, a cyclist, or a horse? Yes. <laughs> um, uh, so, so yes, uh, I, uh, uh, we've started engaging over that, um, and they're quite keen to listen. Obviously, they've got one or two things on their table at the moment that they're trying to deal with. Um, I'm not expecting rapid action. Uh, I'm not expecting anything, so I, I'm happy when I get little bits through that they, they look at changing. But my plan is to hopefully get them talking to people like myself who specialise, uh, Terry and the, the five minute um, five minute theory. You know, uh, other um, Annie who works with um, NDP on the theory. Love her stuff on TikTok. She's awesome. Um, so, you know, there, there's some real specialists coming through. They're willing to engage and listen to what we've got to say. And John Rogers from the disability driving instructors, um, they, he, they're, you know, they're willing to listen to what he's got to say, um, about the challenges that people are facing, being able to engage. It's just getting to a test center. That's the hardest thing at the minute. The, the, the test, they're not even worried about that because they just can't get there. So, um, yeah, so so I don't think I spoke too soon, but I think possibly I missed what they were trying to do. And I'm hoping that there's going to be some real positives coming from it. Um, you know, they, it, it could be quite interesting. Uh, I'm not going to hold my breath. It will happen as it happens. And I'll, I'll keep fighting the good fight on, on the theory stuff to, to help people wherever. But... Um, appreciation to them for acknowledging the DITC and what we're able to to do you know really appreciate that because they don't have to 
and uh, the opportunity to do it. And I look forward to being able to come onto the Instructor Podcast and say uh, that safe driving for life is the best way to access theory training, except for theory test explained and five minute theory podcast, of course. That's the worst apology I've ever heard. Like, <laughs> I mean, I will take it because you plugged the five minute theory. And if you listen to this show, go and listen to the five. Well, I don't even have to listen to it yourselves. Go and share it with your students. A five minute theory, five, five minutes of theory goodness, or as in today's episode, nine minutes of theory goodness available twice a week. Now you get the, uh, the five minute theory on the Tuesday and you also get the driving test tips from different instructors. And if you want to give some tips uh, to go on the five minute theory, get in touch now. I'll get you on there. That goes out to roughly... Oh, I think it's uh, a thousand people a month currently that are, that are downloading that, which is pretty awesome. Um, but either way, that's a five-minute theory, and that follows on from Chris's appalling apology. Um, and we're going to use that opportunity to set the table. So you are listening to the Instructor Podcast Green Room Edition. I am your wonderful host, as always, Terry Cook, and you can find me every Sunday and midweek with these shows. Uh, you can also find me on the uh, Instructor Podcast Premium subscription, which is over at patreon.com forward slash the instructor and as a, a good friend slash colleague of uh, Chris Benson told me uh, I should probably spell that which is p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash the instructor if you head over there you will be able to hear to the rest of this show we'll be Maybe talk a little bit more about the strike action. We'll be talking some very interesting statistics, including one that I found around the theory test and how potentially 17-year-olds do better than ADIs or PDIs that are taking the part one. Either way, uh, and we're also going to discuss the fuel shortage, which has absolutely nothing to do with Brexit. Uh, We've got all that coming up shortly. Uh, So if you are listening on the podcast feed and you haven't subscribed to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash instructor you can find it in the show notes and please go and check out all the show notes on the podcast list not just mine because there's always interesting stuff in there not all of them either way go and check that out um we've had another person sign up today another satisfied customer my goal and i'm going to be public with this goal now is i want 10 people on that subscription this year and next year i want 100 people so go and be part of the first 10 and then you can be part of the 100 for next year. But that's enough about that. I'm now going to throw it to Chris because, Chris, the thing I'm going to ask you, I want you to tell me two things. I want you to tell me, A, why people should join the DITC, and B, what DITC stands for. Because if anyone's listening to this show and you've mentioned the DITC and I've mentioned the DITC, they may not have a clue. So we'll start with what it stands for. Um, and, and you need to listen very carefully because I, I do listen to the, to the podcast that I'm not on. And I heard you heard you uh, say saying about it. The driving instructor, no s, no s. So the driving instructor and trainers collective. That's not going to stay in my brain. I'm sorry. It, it, it is grammatically correct. Um, there was a slight panic after all the graphics have been done of going. Is that right? So, yes, the Driving Instructor and Trainers Collective, but we're instructors. We love a set of letters, so the DITC. And to be honest, you know, I think our, our goal is for it to be the collective. Um, and, you know, bit bit of a nod to Star Trek. Um, uh, <laughs> we could just be the collective. It would be great. <laughs> um, but so, I, you know, that's what we want, is for it to just be a building block of the industry that when... 
So we're going to the beginning, pre-PDIs. When people are looking, you want that information, you find us. And we point outwards. That's what it's all about. It's about saying, what are you looking for? This is where you can go. So it's a roadmap. Uh, it's a signposting point for the industry. PDIs can clarify that they're getting the right information because we are so reliant on the one trainer that we have um, during that process. And the DVSA don't know what a good instructor is or a good trainer. They've We've established that along the way when they've been trying to. What they focus on now is what is a good lesson. So we hope that we can help people identify good trainers across the board. Uh, Nike, Adidas, no. Um, and then ADIs, we don't know it all. Um, so it gives us somewhere to go when we need it because you get told stuff uh, like what DITC stands for um, and then you forget because it wasn't important to you at that moment in time. But then when you, you, know, you suddenly think, oh, hang on, when was the strike action? How do I find it? Um, it's going to be like a better version of Google because it's going to be industry specific and it's going to speak your language. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so be sure to join up to DITC. There's always links to that in my show notes, the Driving Instructors and Trainers Collective. Um, I know that was wrong. Um, so, yeah, be sure to go and sign up to that. It's still too cheap. Uh, and you can always – it's a signposting place for the, the industry. So go and ring up Chris and find out where you can get fuel. But <laughs> if you are listening now on the podcast version – Make sure you go and sign up to patreon.com forward slash instructor where you can listen to the rest of this episode and little, well, two little secrets for you just to finish off the first one. October is going to be epic on Patreon. I'm saying no more on that. And secondly, keep your eyes peeled for the Instructor Podcast website that may be coming out soon. But for now, have a wonderful day. Enjoy your weekend, whatever time you listen to this, uh, and we'll catch up with you guys later. And if you listen on Patreon, thanks for staying with us. The Instructor Podcast with Terry Cook, talking with leaders, innovators, experts and game changers about what drives them.